You're listening to Uprooted, the podcast from the Institute for Agriculture and Trade Policy. I'm Josh Wise. Uh, This week is the Farm to Cafeteria Conference happening in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, Three of us from the IATP staff will be there. And I'm joined by Aaron McKee and Katie Costello from the Farm to Institution program. And we're here to talk about Farm to Institution generally and some of the things we're looking for out of the conference. Um, So Aaron, let's start uh, with you. Just give us a brief recap again of what Farm to Institution is and um, what the purpose of this conference is. Sure, well, thank you um, for the opportunity to share. So Farm to Institution, programs generally try to connect those um, eaters in the institution with farmers in their local community. And a lot of times when people think of farm to institution, they especially think of farm to school. So K-12 schools that are doing this type of initiative um, where they're serving food from local farms in the meals for their kids and then doing educational activities in the classroom around food and farming as well. Another growing area of interest has been farm to early care, so reaching those little tiny kids with the local foods and educational activities as well. And the Farm to Cafeteria Conference is a national conference. It only happens every other year. Um, It's a really wonderfully done conference that attracts people from all over the country that are doing really innovative things around farm to institution programming in all different types of institutions. Um, And this will be my fourth time attending. I'm super excited and there's always a lot of really great energy and ideas coming out of the conference. And you're also on the, is it called the core committee for the conference? Um, What what do you do there? I am, um, they call us core partners. So I'm one of several core partners for the state of Minnesota. So we have our annual meeting the day before the conference as well. And basically our role is to be leaders in our own state communities, um, working together to kind of coordinate and advance farm to institution in our state. And we connect with each other to kind of um, share best practices and resources that are coming from all over the country and make sure that we're um, using all of the ideas that other people have so that we're all kind of moving forward together in a coordinated way. And Katie, this is your first Farm to Cafeteria Conference. This is my first time and I'm really, really excited and I'm yet lucky enough to be uh, doing a poster presentation um, before the conference actually kicks off. So I'm really excited. So tell us about that presentation. What are you presenting on? Sure. So we have been working the last couple of months on a new infographic that um, we're excited to share out with our with our partners and partners that we haven't worked with yet. Um, this infographic is really it encapsulates the training that we do with our formal partners in, in early care settings. And it really illustrates how a farm to early care program is established and what the steps are in terms of planning and implementing and then evaluating an early care initiative throughout the course of a calendar year. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Can you just as briefly as you can walk me through what the supply chain is from getting uh, for an early care setting to get stuff from a farm? Sure. So supply chain is kind of a jargony word. Essentially, it means how food gets from, like Josh said, from the farm to um, a cafeteria or uh, a classroom, whatever it might be. So our job with our early care partners is to help them identify farmers in their local area. And we leave it up to them to define what local means. So that could mean 
you know, within a five or 10 mile radius, or it could mean within a hundred mile radius. It really depends. So we connect, we connect our farmer, our early care partners with farmers in the area. And then depending on what their needs are, as far as um, food service capabilities, um, what their, what their kitchens are able to do and what their staff are able to do, then we may connect them with, um, for example, a food hub that's able to do some of the processing work that takes the burden off of the, uh, the kitchen staff as far as cleaning and preparing um, some of that, those fresh ingredients. And I know that it, it can get fairly complex when you're trying to meet federal guidelines and state guidelines and producing things that kids actually want to eat. <laughs> definitely. There are a lot of, a lot of moving parts. Um, so it's definitely a, little, a, a lot more complex than just connecting a farmer with a school and saying, go to town. Right? Yes. So Erin, you're also doing a presentation. Um, tell us about your presentation. Yes, um, I am going to be participating in a workshop with some other partners from other states on Thursday, and we are presenting on doing um, culturally relevant programming with your Farm to Institution um, initiative. And it's specifically about Farm to Early Care. And what that means is really trying to think about the culture of the community that you're working with when you're doing the program and incorporate elements of that culture into your farm to early care work. So that could mean um, maybe doing recipes that reflect the culture of the community. It could mean doing fun activities um, in the classroom around their food traditions. And it could also be thinking about um, trying to source food from maybe farmers who share a cultural identity with their, um, the community that you're working with. So we're really excited this year at IETP to be partnering with tribal Head Start programs in Minnesota. And we really wanna use the opportunity to work with them and incorporate indigenous food traditions into their farm to early care work. And hopefully also source from some producers within the native communities that we're partnering with as well. Um, and this is something we're really excited to share. We've done something like this before when we partnered with our Head Start partners in St. Paul. They had a really high percentage of Southeast Asian um, communities and particularly Hmong communities in their Head Start program. And we were able to partner with the Hmong American Farmers Association when we worked with them so that they were actually sourcing their food from Hmong farmers. And it was a really nice connection because the, some of the Hmong farmers themselves had kids that were in the Head Start programs that they were supplying the food for. And they did some recipes that were from the Hmong uh, tradition. Um, and then they also did field trips to the Hmong Farmers Association farm where they participated in fun activities um, that were from the harvest festivals from the Hmong community. And it was a really nice just full circle um, participation of the full community and it really connected with not only healthy foods but ultra, also cultural connections as well. Uh, that's great. Um, so in general it seems like uh, farm to institution programming has really gotten popular in the last few years around the country and it, it's like you said it's moved beyond just kind of the k-12 schools into a variety of settings. Um, what are the, some of the trends that we're seeing around the country that maybe are going to be present at that conference? Well, we've been really excited um, to be able to work with early care settings in our farm to institution work. 
And we've definitely seen that that's a trend across the country um, in the time that we've been working on farm to institution. When we first started going to this conference, they didn't really have early care participants represented that much. Um, but now they actually have a staff person at the National Farm to School Network who focuses on farm to early care, as well as at the USDA. And in the Farm to Cafeteria Conference, they now have an actual workshop track for farm to early care. So they're really trying to bring those people in. Um, and that's all part of recognizing that if you only start doing farm to institution at the K-12 level with farm to school, you're missing a huge opportunity to reach kids when they're developing their taste preferences, when they're really open to trying new foods, and when you have a lot of flexibility in the educational programming and activities to really do hands-on education, which really helps kids learn and be open to um, kind of absorbing all of the great ideas around food and farming that are part of Farm to Early Care. And at the same time, you're setting them up for healthy eating habits for the rest of their lives. So it's a really important window where you can influence what they do, what they think about food, um, and their habits that will go forward with them. So that has been a huge um, area of growth in Farm to Institution over the last, say, like six years. Um, that you can see just in the level of participation of who's coming to the conference now as well. I would say another area, a couple of areas that we're really excited about um, within our program here at IATP. The first is Farm to Summer, um, which is more, more cutting edge, I would say. There are a few, a few programs um, here and there sprouting up around the country, but we're excited to learn more about that at the conference. We're hoping in the next year to partner with some Head Start organizations that are also doing the Summer Food Service Program, which is also a USDA um, food service program. Um, so we're excited to connect with other people, um, other folks around the country who are doing that work and learn more about um, best practices and resources. Um, and then like Erin mentioned earlier, we're interested in learning more um, about this cultural, um, cultural foods piece and how um, how to weave in those cultural connections with farm to early care. And that's actually, that is sort of the focus of my poster presentation. We're talking about how we at IATP really put equity and um, inclusion and diversity at the sort of at the center of what, what we do um, in terms of working with, putting the priority on working with um, small farmers um, minority farmers, so it really, really makes a difference for, for them um, when it comes to sourcing to uh, an institution like a school or an early care setting. Um, so that, that uh, cultural piece is another important thing that we want to get out of the conference. Mm -hmm. I think too, when you think of how farm to institution is expanding, you can look at it in two ways, probably more than two ways, but you can look at it in terms of the different types of institutions that are joining this movement. So it started with farm to school, but there's a lot going on, um, you know, in higher education as well. There are a lot of different um, universities and colleges that are getting involved. And then as we've talked about, the early cares are definitely getting involved and you can think about the farm to summer programming. So lots of different types of institutions. Um, that you can try to bring into the fold. And then as Katie mentioned, kind of the approach to 
farm to institution initiatives can also be shifting and um, expanding. And I think that that cultural relevancy is a recognition that, you know, the food system is complex, the communities that are involved in it are very complex. And it's not a one size fits all approach um, that's going to work and benefit everyone in the same way. And one of the powers of these programs is that they're really rooted in the communities that they're taking place in. And so it obviously makes sense that you don't want to just do the same type of program in each setting. You do want to take into account, you know, what does this community need? What will really connect with them? And it's actually, it's so much more powerful when the community itself has a voice in how these programs are designed and what happens with them. And it's very powerful. Um, for us, you know, we're just at the beginning of partnering with our tribal Head Start partners but we've already seen like they they have the concepts of indigenous foods and um, food sovereignty ingrained in them already and to use those and have those be part of our planning process as we work on farm to early care it not only makes the program better for them but it really helps us see ways that we can modify the program and make it more powerful for other people um, and kind of use an example of their you know, deep knowledge about food to really um, empower other communities to see how these programs can can work for them and be more than just a single initiative, but be part of a, a cultural identity as well. Um, you know, this is part of who we are and it can tie us together in ways that are much bigger than just an initial um, you know, pilot program or something like that. So I want to talk about this a little bit more because we recently changed the name of the Farm to Institution program at IATP to Community Food Systems. Uh, one of the, the workshops that I'm going to be going to that I'm excited about is the Local Economic Impact uh, Workshop, uh, Farm to School. And I know when we've been working on the policy bill here in Minnesota around Farm to School, the Local Economic Impact is a big part of it. So talk about what a, uh, a community food system is, you know, you sort of touched on it, but um, how that kind of ripples within the whole community. Yeah, I think, um, yes, that's a great point. So the, the name change to community food systems is really a reflection of that recognition that this is a bigger thing than, um, than just these farm to institution initiatives. Um, it's not just the transactional piece that we care about. And I think that if we just call ourselves farm to institution program, that sounds more like it's about the transaction of, you know, the institution buying the food from local farms. But what really drives us and what's really important to us is that underlying connection piece and thinking about um, really democratic control of the food system by the people that defend, depend on it to eat and survive. And not only, you know, just that bare minimum, but also to build connections between each other and to really um, help their communities thrive and help them feel like they are part of something that connects them to each other. One thing that we hear quite often from our partners, we start off, um, sort of defining goals and um, objectives for, for each of our partners. And one thing that we hear quite often is that as a, as a motivation for participating and, and launching a farm to early care initiative is that um, the children have sort of lost this connection with where their food comes from, or they don't understand the food system, how food grows and how it gets 
to their plate. Um, and I think that is, you can extrapolate that. It's not just children who don't understand. A lot of adults don't quite understand what the food system is and, and it is complicated. But our goal is through our programming and, and the work that we do, our goal is to create more, like Aaron said, um, more of locally controlled food system. So people um, not only have that understanding of where their food comes from, but actually, um, you know, they, they feel empowered to participate in it. So what else are you looking forward to out of the conference? Well, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing all of my friends and partners that I only get to see at these kind of conferences. So that doesn't happen that often, just a couple, you know, every year or every other year. Um, and just learning from best practices of what people in other states are doing is really important. Um, one thing that I'm really looking forward to is learning more about policy initiatives that are happening in other states and connecting with some partners that I have been, you know, emailing with and talking to on the phone sometimes, but I'll get to actually have an in-depth conversation with them in person about their policy efforts, since we are also uh, co-leading the stakeholder group that's trying to advocate for farm to school and early care policy in Minnesota. And there's a lot happening all around the country um, around policy supporting farm to institution initiatives. And I think that we can take a lot of that back um, to our own representatives and uh, show them that we should really be following the lead of some of these other states because we don't want to get left behind. We have a lot of really great farm to institution initiatives happening in our state, but they need to be supported by policy so that they'll actually be sustainable. I am just excited to soak it all in. I'm, I've heard nothing but great things about the conference from Aaron and from our other external partners. So I'm, I'm just going to be trying to absorb everything. Um, and I'm really excited to present this infographic and this poster that we've been working so hard on. I think it's going to be, it's a unique resource. Um, there's not anything else like it out there that we've seen. So we're excited to share it out and, um, and get people's reactions to it. It's actually an amazing resource. So everyone who's listening should go check it out. It's beautiful and informative and it's available for free to download from our website. All right. Well, Aaron and Katie, thanks a lot for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks, Josh. Thank you. You've been listening to Uprooted, the podcast from the Institute for Agriculture and Trade Policy. For more about what you've heard today, including to download that poster, you can visit our website at www.iatp.org. You can also download uh, Uprooted on Stitcher and iTunes, and hopefully soon on Google Play and Spotify. And I want to thank Andrew Rizzo for editing the podcast today. If you have any comments about what you've heard today, you can get in touch by emailing jwise at iatp.org. Thanks for listening.